has called me. <laughs> Jesus did not say the pastor is the church. Jesus says that the believers are the church. So I said, what about those two people? She says, oh, those are my friends. I said, exactly. That is what Jesus wants. That we become brothers and sisters and friends that care for each other. So when someone in church calls you, who has called you? The church has called you. That's why Jesus said to Paul, this is when he was still Saul, Jesus said, you are persecuting me. And Pastor said, how am I persecuting you? He says, if you are persecuting my church, my body, you are persecuting me. If you are persecuting one person in the church, who are you persecuting? Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. And our vision as a church, we explained that there are no two churches that have the same vision. Um, the mission of the church is the same. Capital letter C church is the same. The mission of the church, but the vision is unique. Our unique expression, vision as, as a church, God's favorite house, is to be filled with what? The life of Christ Jesus released into our destinies, taking the world for him. So our vision is to be filled with the life of Christ Jesus, released into our destinies and taking the world for him. However, we have an unchanging imperative, which is our mission, which was given by Jesus. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe, to do all that I've commanded you, and lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the day. The mission of the church is the same. Regardless of the denomination, if it is the church of Jesus Christ, the mission is the same. If we are to reduce that statement in Matthew 28 to two words, the mission of the church is changed lives. Everyone say changed lives. Changed lives. lives. We mean people come in and they go out changed. And like I said, the expression of that is different from a local church to a local church. And the ambience, ambience and atmosphere that God is helping us create in God's favorite house is particularly unique. Because imagine a church where there is no politics. A church that is free of politics, gossip. And bickering. Imagine, imagine such a church. Imagine a church where the only name that matters is the name of Jesus, not the name of the pastor, not the name of the bishop, not the name of the prophet, not the name of the apostle. The only name that matters is the name of who? Imagine a church where the only person that must be in attendance is the person of Jesus. Imagine a church where the sick are healed, the captives are set free, the poor are made wealthy, the sinners are saved. Imagine a church where the worship of the Most High God is done 24 hours a day, 365 days in a year. Imagine a church where the presence of God diffuses into the communities, breaking the powers of darkness, establishing the kingdom of light. Imagine a church through which Nigeria is truly delivered. And set free. Imagine a church where life is imparted on the children, that our children are just not an interruption to worship, that our children are taught of God. Imagine a church where people are released into their destinies. Stop imagining. 
This is God's favorite house. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. This is God's favorite house. A church that is free of politics. A church that is free of gossip and bickering. A church that, will, that God will really use to change the destiny of this nation. That is God's favorite. That's the church we are in. Praise the name of the Lord. So the first thing we have to understand is the church does not exist for me. I am the church. I exist for the world. Everyone say after me, the church does not exist for me. I am the church. I exist for the world. The church does not exist for us. We are the church. We exist for the world. That's the first thing. Seven important reminders as 2012 expires. The second thing is found people find people. Everybody say found people. Find people. Found people find people. There's a story in Matthew 4, Matthew 4, 18 to 19. Matthew 4, 18 to 19. Jesus found two of his disciples and he said, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Jesus was saying, I have found you and you will find people. Why? Because found people find people. It, 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 is, it is a misnomer to, to really know Christ and be able to keep him to yourself. You know, if you really know Christ, there's this thing in you that just wants to share Jesus. Have you noticed? You just want to, you just want to help the other person that is, that is in apparent darkness and, and bring the person to the light of Christ. It's an insatiable desire. It's like the story of the four lepers that, that you, you know very well in, in, in Samaria. Samaria was under a siege, surrounded by armies. Armies of about three, four different nations. Now, there were these four lepers at the gate of Samaria that said, that, look, you know what, let's go to the enemy's camp. Maybe they will spare us. Long story short, by the time they got to the enemy's camp, the enemies had fled because God made them to hear a noise. They heard the footstep of four lepers. They thought they were hearing chariots and horses. And the four lepers did the natural thing that natural men would do. They packed the gold, they buried it, they went to hide, the, they hid the gold, they hid the silver, they drank the wine, they ate the food. They, after a while, they said to them, Come, this is the day of good news. If we keep this thing to ourselves, God will not be angry with us. God will not be happy with us. God will be angry with us. And they went to share the good news. And you know the story, the nation was delivered. The same thing with us as believers. Because we have Christ. Like the psalmist said, we are compelled to say, taste and see that the Lord is what? That the Lord is good. So found people do what? Found people, find people. I remember when I was in, in university, there was one, one guy, we call him Brotosin. Brotosin was of the stock of the deeper life, you know, is that a bro, something, or sister, something. So, it was from the stuff of the, so the brotosin. So, brotosin kept coming and pestering me and saying, oh, give your life to Jesus, give your life to Jesus. 
Guess what I did? Leave me alone. Sometimes I, I kick him out of my room. Sometimes I'm, I'm nasty to him. But guess what Brotosi kept doing? He kept coming back. I said, this guy doesn't get tired. He kept coming back. He kept coming back. When I gave my life to Jesus, Brotosi didn't even know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> and I saw him years after in Atobalinde. And I said to him, I'm saved. And he smiled. He says, I know. You'll be saved. <laughs> Probably I'll be praying for me too at this rascal, you know. Now, what am I saying? Brother Tosi kept following up on me. Many of us get discouraged because people don't respond to us. It's not our job to save people. It's our job to introduce them to Jesus. President of the Lord. Somebody puts it this way. You cannot make anybody fall in love with Jesus, but you can set up the date. Let them meet. Then watch Jesus captivate their heart. Praise the name of the Lord. So, seven, most, seven, important, almost, seven important reminders as 2012 expires. Number one, the church does not exist for me. I am the church. I exist for the world. Number two, found. And number three, the land is still before you. The land is still before you. Go and possess it. The land is still before you. Deuteronomy chapter 1 verse 21. The word of God says in Deuteronomy 1 21. Look, he has placed the land in front of you. Go and what? And possess it as the Lord, the God of your ancestors has promised you. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. I don't know the land that you have been trusting God for in 2012. Good news for you is the land is still before you. And you are still going to possess it. As a church, we are believing God for a land. The land is still before us. And we are going to fully, physically possess it. In the name of Jesus. Don't be afraid. Don't be, dis- don't be discouraged. It means there are, there are two factors. There's a factor of fear and a factor of discouragement that will always confront you regardless of the land, whether it is a marital land or a health land, a financial land, a physical land, whatever land. There is a fear factor and there's a discouragement factor that you have to overcome. And you will overcome it in the mighty name of Jesus. In Deuteronomy 44 verse 3, God says to us, that it's not going to be by our power that we will get the land. It's not going to be by our strength that we will get the land. It will be by his favor that we will get the land. And God will show us favor in the mighty name of Jesus. It will be by his what? By his favor. Number four. Seven important reminders as 2012 expires. Number four, we must never forget the oil principle. I will say the oil principle. The oil principle simply states that everyone has oil. No one is born empty. Everyone has oil. No matter how you feel, no matter how useless you think your life is or otherwise, everybody has oil. You have something 
that when fully deployed, you will benefit men and glorify God. Poverty will be a thing of the past in your life. Praise the name of the Lord. The story is the story of Elijah and the widow. And the widow, you know the story, 2 Kings 4, went to Elijah and said, Man of God, my husband died in death. The creditors have come to take my children, my two sons. You would expect that the man of God, perhaps, and I'll be collecting all the offerings, would say to the woman, take, right? What did the man of God say? What do you have? Sometimes Jesus asks some questions that when you step back and read the Bible, you're like, Jesus, did you really ask that question? A blind man came to Jesus. A blind man. Everybody that has eyes knew the guy was blind. He came to Jesus. And he says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy upon me. Right? And Jesus still asked him, what do you want? I'm like, Jesus, you asked that question? Is that a smart question? <laughs> Apparently, smarter than I thought. What do you want? In other words, the guy could say, give me some change. The guy could ask for coins, and Jesus would say, okay, fine, Judas. Said to him. But the guy said that I may receive my sight. Elijah said to the widow, what do you have in your house? That tells us, you see that in verse 2 of 1 Kings 4, immediately, that the solution to the problem that is plaguing you and I, the solution is already in our custody. As strange as that may sound, as insulting as that may sound, because some of you may find that insulting, if it has been in my custody, why would I still be, <laughs> you know, okay, you are saying that I have it. If, if I have it, will I be coming to you? The solution is already in the cost of death number one. Number two, the solution is easily disdained. The woman said, just, just one flask of oil. It's, or it's easily disdained. It's easily disdained. And I pray that God will open your eyes to that oil in Jesus' name. And we explain that practically, how do you locate your oil? What is that thing that you can deploy to Men, that we add value to men, glorify God, and ensures you never know lack in your life again. What is that thing? What is that thing that God has given you that can be of value to men and can be of blessing to God and can sort out your financial issues for the rest of your life? Everybody has that thing. Everybody, everybody. There was a lady that gave testimony in the first worship experience of our own interesting oil that she discovered. Everybody has oil. See after me. Everybody has oil. So practically we explained that the oil must be something of value. Something of value. Something that we have value to men. Glorify God. So if there's something you are doing that can 
give, bring money that is not of value. It is not your oil. For instance, if you are into fraud, that cannot be your oil because that doesn't add value to the society. In fact, it makes all of us look bad. It doesn't glorify God. Praise the name of the Lord. So that can't be the oil. So it's not just about the money. You start with value. I would say value. So what is that thing that is of value that I am good at? Because it's not everything that is of value that I am good at. So you can start with the first second if you have that. <laughs> what is that thing that is of value that I am good at? What is that thing that is of value that I am good at? For instance, we used um, the example of <laughs> soccer. Soccer in the first worship experience. Take soccer, for instance. Um, uh, is it of value? How much does Cristiano Ronaldo earns in a week? How much does Messi, they've increased his money again, right? How much does he earn in a week? Okay, the average guy earns about 100,000 pounds a week. Right? It's something of value because millions of people have been entertained. So that entertainment is the value they are delivering. But are, are you good at it? I know I'm not. At least not at that level. <laughs> Praise the Lord. So that can be your oil. So find something that you are what? Start by being good at. Do you have a problem with the image? I'm going to put it up. Start something that you are good at. Thank you. Now, that, the fact that you are good at it alone doesn't, doesn't make you your oil. That should be something that you are good at and you enjoy doing. It's not only something that you are good at and you enjoy doing. It has to be something that you are good at, you enjoy doing, and somebody is willing to pay you for, for it. Because Elijah said to the widow, go and what? Sell the oil. Which means the oil is something somebody is willing to pay for. Why? Because if you have something that you are good at, and you enjoy doing, and nobody is willing to pay for, what do you have? A hobby. It's simply a hobby. Enjoy it, but it won't feed you. Praise the Lord. If you have something that you are, that you, that you are good at, you get paid for, but you don't enjoy doing, you have what? You have a job. Keep doing it until it's time to exit. If you have something that you enjoy doing, you really enjoy doing it, and you get paid for it, but you are not good at it, what do you have? You're about to be fired. <laughs> you're just about to be fired. You enjoy doing it, you get paid for it, but you're not good at it, you're about to be fired. But when you find something that you are good at, you enjoy doing, you can do it for free, but even though you can do it for free, people will pay you for doing it. You have your oil. Right there. Praise the name of the Lord. Seven important reminders as 2012 expires. 
Number one, we said the church does not exist for us. We are the church. We exist for our community. Number two, found people, find people. And number three, the land is still before you. Go and possess it. Number four, the oil principle we should not forget. Seven important reminders as 2012 expires. Number five is the supremacy of Jesus. As we go into the new year by the grace of God, as this year expires, we must never lose sight of, never forget the lesson of the supremacy of Jesus. Everyone say the supremacy of Jesus. In Buddhism, Buddha never claimed to be God. Not once. In Judaism, you know the central figure in Judaism is who? Moses. In Judaism, Moses never claimed to be God. In fact, Moses says there is a prophet that is coming that is greater than I, him you, you should obey. Moses never claimed to be God. In Islam, Muhammad never claimed to be Allah. Not once. Yet, Jesus claimed to be the true and living God. Difference. Difference. There's a man called Conficuous. Did I, did I pronounce it well? Conficuous. He said, I never claimed to be holy. Yet, Jesus said, who convicts me of sin? President of the Lord. Muhammad said, unless God throws a cloak of mercy over me, I have no hope. Jesus said, Unless you believe in me, you will die in your sins. Difference. Difference. Buddha on his deathbed said, I am a teacher in search of the truth. I am still searching for the truth. Krishna said, for you to get the truth, you must chant. Krishna, Krishna, Rama, Rama, Krishna, Krishna, Rama, Rama. Chances like, I can't remember how many times she chanted. Maybe, and he said, like a butterfly, the truth will just fly away. That's what he said. You can Google it. Muhammad said, I am a prophet pointing to the truth. But Jesus said, I am the way, the truth. And the light. Nobody comes to the Father except by me. There's no confusion. There's no confusion. I remember going on evangelism with my wife. We used to do it back in the day. Maybe we should start it again. You know, we would, we would identify our friends that are far from God and we'll just visit them and wait for God to open a door where we can share the gospel. 
you know. So we backed out this guy. He was my friend. And we went to visit him. And as God will have it, a door opened. And the guy began, he's into the occult. He's deep into the occult. The guy was saying to us that, oh, they are grandmasters. And that all these men are just ordinary men that develop themselves in the esoteric realm. You know? <laughs> I began to get occult, <laughs> irritated. Then he said, uh, he mentioned Buddha, he mentioned all sorts of people's names. He now mentioned Jesus. As he mentioned Jesus, I couldn't take it anymore. Remember, this is how many years ago, at least seven, eight years ago. I didn't know what I know now. <laughs> I didn't know what I know now. As soon as he mentioned Jesus, I, was, I couldn't hold it anymore. I said, how dare you put Jesus on the same plane? With this? He said, ah, that's, what is the big deal? I said to him, you do astral travel, don't you? He said, yes. And you get into the occult. He said, yes. And I asked him, I said, how come at the name of Jesus every knee bows? You know that, don't you? He kept quiet. How come every knee bows? At that point, my wife was pinching me. Femi, it's okay, it's okay. Just leave me alone. Leave me alone. That, how can I be here? They've been talking about my Jesus like that. No. I said to him, let's prove it now. That Jesus is Lord. I didn't know what I was going to do. He backed down. And my wife prevailed on me. And we left it. I felt bad because we went to love somebody. I ended up fighting the person. <laughs> I felt bad. But the truth remains that there is no way you can put Jesus on the same pedestal with Buddha. There's no way. Jesus is God. Praise the name of the Lord. Absolutely. God. You know, let me continue. Seven important reminders <laughs> as 2012 expires. The supremacy of Jesus. Everybody say the supremacy of Jesus. He alone stands in the divide between history and the future. Jesus. The date is organized around him. Everything before him is AD. BC, sorry. Everything after him is... This 2012 what? is the most important person in history, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Number six, the beatitude, the beatitude, relent, blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. And on and on and on. And we explained that with every beatitude, Jesus put a bullet in the head of two monsters. Jesus put a bullet, or ran a couple of bullets on the head of these juggernauts. 
The first monster that Jesus dealt with was, is the monster of the false understanding that a person can be saved without being changed. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's an error, it's a lie that has held a lot of people bound. That somebody can be saved without being changed. It's a lie. The power, the grace that can save you and cannot change you is suspect. The power of God that can save you and cannot deliver you from sin is questionable. President of the Lord. That's the first lie that it debunks. The second one is, is tying materialism to blessedness. Materialism is get all I can get, sit on all I have different, get all I can, can all I get, and sit on the can. That's materialism. Meanwhile, the word of God says, the blessings of the Lord makes rich and has no sorrow. So it is not the riches that makes you blessed. It is the blessing that makes you what? That makes you rich. That makes you rich. So as we go into the new year, by the grace of God, it is us that needs to change and not the year. And all of us are looking for the year to change. Yes, I believe, you see, by God's grace, we are spiritual people. We understand the, the role of transition, the delicacy of transition and all that stuff. And the power of the beginnings and all that. But you see, more than the year changing, you and I need to change. For you and I to enter into what God has for us, we need to change. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that tomorrow at the watch night service, that we will greet ourselves, Happy New You, when we shake our hands. Happy New You, Happy New You, and not necessary. Happy New Year. We say Happy New Year, but I hope we are able to say Happy New Year too. Praise the name of the Lord. Seven important reminders as 2012 expires. The church does not exist for us. We are the church. We exist for the world. Number two, found people, find people. Number three, the land is still before you. Go and possess this. Number four, the oil principle we must not forget. Number five, the supremacy of Jesus. And number six, the lessons in beatitude. Number seven, God is making a masterpiece with your life. Never forget it. It may not look like it. Like you learned, the clay may just be spinning round and round. It may appear as if your life is just going round and round and round. God is making a masterpiece with your life. The clay does not derive its value from its substance. The clay derives its value from the creativity of the potter. You are not what you feel. You are not what you are told. You are who God says you are. You are not what you have done. You are not what has been done to you. You are who God says that you are. You may have stolen. That doesn't make you a thief. Come under the blood, you are cleansed. 
You may have been abused. That doesn't make you a victim. Come under the blood. You are delivered. So who are you? You are the person that God says that you are. For instance, you are blessed and highly favored. You are the desire of all nations with the Christ that is living in you. Because this is the desire of all nations. Praise the name of the Lord. So God is able to do all that he says he will do. God will bring to pass everything he said he will do. It may not look like it yet. You may even look at yourself and you're like, wow, what is the usefulness of this life? The usefulness of this life is what the potter mixes to be. And he's not finished yet. The year may be coming to an end, but God's work in your life is not coming to an end. Praise the name of the Lord. You see, the, 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 the year may be expiring, but God has not finished with you yet. He hasn't. And work with God is a work of trust and not a work of understanding. <laughs> Practically. I work with God, you may not understand everything. It may not fully make sense. But you have to trust the person that is in control of your life. Your life may not fully make sense. But you have to trust the person that is in control of your life. You have to trust the person that is in control of your life. When you do things and make mistakes and make bad decisions, and, or it could just be because of the preferences of people, the first thing people want to do is get rid of you. And I quote, men will seek to replace you, but God seeks to remake you. President of the Lord. Men seek to replace you. Could be a wife. They want to replace you. My mom wants to bring a younger wife from the village. Don't worry. God will remake you. Mama's counsel will not stand. It is God's counsel that will stand. If that is the case. It may be at your workplace and they are going to fire you. Don't worry. It may be your business that is about to shut down. Don't worry. What God will make will be a masterpiece. Praise the name of the Lord.